Ugh, our 20s. The drunk dialing, the forgetting to wash our face at night, and yes, neglecting our teeth. Don't do that last one. You only get one set of teeth, so you need to protect them. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface and locks in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. Pronamel also makes a new mouthwash, which helps to repair acid-weakened enamel beyond brushing alone. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair any where you buy your toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit pronamel.com today. Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girl Bomb. Girl Bomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girl Bomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self care. So to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you, and treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Now available at Walgreens. There is a whole collection of black lead products at Walmart that can fit into your daily routine. And in every purchase, there is power. So show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. Because every time we buy a black lead brand, we make room for another. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choice at Walmart. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products that you can add to your daily routine. Hello and welcome back to The Psychology of Your 20s, the podcast where we talk through some of the big changes and transitions of our 20s and what they mean for our psychology. Welcome back to the podcast for another episode, another week. This week we're talking about big life changes, big life transitions uh, and all of those kind of things that that involves. Just quickly, my little puppy is next to me at the moment because I'm back at home with my family in Melbourne. Kind of why I wanted to do this episode, I guess, is because I'm going through a big life change right now. I'm about to move cities, um, move jobs, move lives, basically. I've just graduated. Um, Yeah, so I really wanted to kind of think about this topic just for my own sake, but also because it's kind of in the intro of the podcast. It's kind of in the name. Um, It's something that yeah, I've wanted to discuss for a while. I think one of the quintessential aspects of our 20s is the big life changes and moves and decisions that we all kind of have to make or the world's going to make them for us. Our 20s is when we decide what we want our life to be, often a time when we move away from home um, to new cities. Like I said, we change jobs, lose friends um, and make new ones. We might end and start relationships as well. And in our 20s, I think we tend to transition through many <laughs> can you hear the dog (laughs) yeah we tend to transition through many different lives and lifestyles choosing one which kind of fit us best and the things that are kind of typical in our 20s like uni and jobs and travel and starting relationships ending relationship gap years are all massive events in our lives and what accompanies it is also indicative of big life changes like those moves like new friends and new hobbies and surroundings and that can kind of take a toll I think Also, as COVID has taught us, sometimes big life changes and transitions aren't always in our control. It's not something that we choose to do willingly. 
and have some optimism about. So how do we stay resilient when things can shift so quickly in life, especially when we're young and we don't really have the same security that our older years perhaps might bring if we're lucky. Um, I think also it's okay to be scared. It's okay to be kind of terrified. Like you don't always know where you'll land and whether what you had before may be better. I think it's worth remembering. It always kind of works out in the end, really. But let's discuss the psychology behind these big life changes and shifts in our lives, the emotions that accompany that, and why we have this drive for change and novelty in our younger years. So this is what we're going to talk about, discovering our our own values and lives beyond what our parents have kind of decided for us, pushing back, but also wanting to pursue massive changes. I want to talk about loneliness and temporariness, temporariness, people who are temporary, things that are temporary in our 20s and that constant shedding of old skin, old habits and old versions of yourself and the kind of trial and error that we go through in our 20s to find out who we are but probably more importantly, who we want to be. And that means making mistakes. It means huge changes to our internal conceptions of ourselves and also our external worlds as well. And obviously I'm in my early 20s, so I haven't really experienced the full kind of effect of those life transitions. I've, you know, this is kind of my first big one as a, as a young adult all by myself. So um, yeah, kind of looking forward to diving into it and learning some more about how we can kind of coast through these big life changes and what it means for our psychology, how we can do our best to adjust to the cards that life kind of deals us in our young years. So psychologists call the state of being in transition liminality. Liminality. So it basically means being between social roles and identities. So in other words, it means that you're kind of neither in the state or the life that you've left and nor are you completely in your new life or your new state, at least not mentally. And this can provoke something of an identity crisis that raises the question of who am I? Who am I? Who do I want to be? What am I going to be? What's my life going to be like? which can be quite emotionally destabilizing. And there's heaps of literature on this, um, obviously, because big life changes um, are a huge, huge source of stress. And stress is obviously something that psychologists are quite concerned about and want to look into. Um, So like I mentioned, I'm in a state of liminality at the moment. I'm just about to move cities. I've kind of like packed up my old life in Canberra where I was living. I graduated. I've kind of you know I'm preparing to move jobs and move to Sydney but I, I'm not quite there yet so I'm in this like weird halfway point staying with my family over Christmas and over the holidays with like one foot in my old life and one foot like tentatively in my new one as well which is like quite exciting but also that liminality state is very emotionally destabilizing and there's a reason that major life shifts like moving cities or leaving relationships or jobs can impact our mental health and why it is such a big area of research and interest. And it comes down to how the brain functions. So when you change, when you force your life to change, when you disrupt your daily or patterned routines, it actually activates the conflict senses in the brain and this causes brain chaos. And that's what we call cognitive dissonance. 
Um, and all this kind of research was done by this doctor called Dr. Pillay, who was an assistant professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School. Uh, the dog, again, in the background. Um, but it's this activation of the conflict sensor or the conflict area of the brain that creates that stress in people that creates that dissonance or that chaos that we might often associate with the stress of changing our lives and with most things in the world of like psychology or just like life in general not everyone is really affected equally so this doctor he suggests that personality firstly kind of determines how change impacts our mental health so for those who have uh, or who rate high in openness to experience, they'll often seek out novelty and change is usually easier for them to manage because it's something that they can adjust to. Perhaps their threshold for stress is a lot higher or their brain and, and the, the way that they're made, their temperament just means that they do seek out opportunity more than others. But it's those who feel most comfortable with the status quo or how life has usually been that will find those big changes or transitions to be more challenging just because who they are and the way that their brain is isn't necessarily adapted or equipped to deal as easily with big changes and big disruptions to how they tend to lead their lives. Another thing that really impacts um, whether you see change as something that's exciting or something that's a bit stressful is the type of parents you have. So anxious parents, they often pass down that worldview that life is filled with danger and risk. And because of that kind of perception, for them, the best course of action is to kind of stick to what is safe and stick to what is known. And it's often parents who have experienced trauma or severe poverty or abusive upbringings that implicitly teach their own children that life is this dangerous and unpredictable thing and to just stick to what is known. Don't follow or don't kind of pursue too much change. And this might be why we see, you know, friends in our lives or people in our lives who are young and who objectively have a lot of exciting opportunities in front of them remain kind of paralyzed by that fear of changing anything because the change might lead to something unsafe. You know, career change could lead to job loss and homelessness or breaking up with a significant other would lead to dying alone. Or, you know, if you've been doing something a certain way, pursuing a particular project or a business or an idea, you know, getting a job for you might actually just be incredibly disruptive. So for people also who have adjustment disorders, which is a real thing, um, it's in the DSM, change can also be particularly hard, as the name kind of makes it fairly obvious, like adjustment disorder. Um, but basically what this disorder is, is it's an emotional or behavioral reaction to a stressful event or a change in a person's life. And this reaction is considered an unhealthy or excessive response to kind of the thing that is happening and often happens within three months of that change happening. So there are six different types, I think, from memory, six different forms of adjustment disorders, which I'm not really going to go into because A, it's kind of boring they're all really similar and we don't really need any self-diagnosis going on around these parts. But basically the disorder is an inability to cope. And like I said, there's so much literature on this because major life changes are a massive, massive source of stress. Um, 
not just the good, not just the bad ones, like a death, but like also the good ones. And if you have an adjustment disorder, it's probably likely that those changes are not going to be as easy or as fun as they might be for other people. So an adjustment disorder, it occurs when an individual's stresses kind of exceed their resources for coping. And this is, um, there's this woman called Nikki Nance, and she's um, a professor of psychology at this college in Florida. And she does a lot of work into this. And she says that your reaction with this disorder kind of becomes disproportionate to the to the event you're reacting to. It's also called situational depression. So the symptoms are similar to that of other depressive disorders, like feelings of sadness, waves of anger and crying spells. However, unlike a depressive disorder or a dis- depressive episode, the symptoms are exclusively triggered by an outside stressor. And they kind of also, luckily for this person or these people, they tend to resolve once the person is kind of adjusted to the situation. But that three month period obviously is going to kind of suck <laughs> a lot. And I'm sure we've, I'm sure there's heaps of people listening who've probably had this type of like disorder even temporarily in their lives or for a moment in time when they've had a big life change and it's just been too much to cope with. It's just too much all at once. And in general, one of the major reasons we struggle with change, even for those who don't have this disorder, and why it can kind of result in cognitive dissonance is the element of uncertainty. And uncertainty, it's been said, is kind of the enemy of our biological impulses. Like going back to evolutionary psychology, if we're unsure whether an animal is, you know, a house cat or some like awful beast or tiger, we're kind of in trouble if we can't tell the difference if we are uncertain about which it is so our brain doesn't like the odds of equations with unknown variables basically Um, so it defaults to a negative bias for safety so if you're uncertain about something your brain and your body obviously wants to survive so if one of the options is oh this is going to be terrible or dangerous and the other option oh it's going to be safe and it's going to be amazing Obviously, if it's safe and amazing, there's nothing to worry about, but there's also the 50% chance that it's not. And that's the thing that our brain wants us to kind of cope with. So it's going to respond as if it's responding to that negative outcome. And there was a study done and it showed that in people who are uncertain, 75% of people mispredict when bad things are going to happen. So this uncertainty bias, it kind of trains our brain to expect the worst And that doesn't mean that change is great and you should expect the best. It's like an amazing thing always, but you should recognize that your brain, it kind of will go into an automatic negativity bias. And think about this next time you kind of get an amazing job offer and you think about the security of your current job um, or, you know, you've decided you want to move cities, but your brain is going to tell you it's going to speak to you as if this is going to be a negative thing because it's protecting you, which kind of makes sense. And obviously, our thoughts and our impulses aren't entirely out of our control. And to kind of help soothe the uncertainty that's causing the brain to fire its stress response, its stress senses, as we've kind of talked about, um, you can kind of use these like neutral self-talk phrases, such as like, you know, uncertainty. It just means that I don't know the future. It doesn't mean that the future is going to be bad and attempt to rationalize with your brain, intellectualize the kind of stress that you're experiencing. This is one thing that my therapist, 
who I've kind of ghosted recently. I need to get back on that. But my therapist, she always says to me when I'm worried about change and big moves, um, like the one I'm making now, which obviously we've talked about. Um, and what she tells me is to kind of turn fear into something that is exciting. So excitement and anxiety, they activate the same areas of our brains that being the amygdala and the hippocampus. They use the same kind of neural and synaptic pathways. So by turning your anxiety into excitement, you can ease any accompanying worry. Um, I'll give an example. So instead of thinking like kind of using my example of moving to a new city, so instead of thinking, you know, like, will I make any friends? What if I don't make friends? What if I'm not financially stable? Will I even like my new life? Will I be lonely? Um, It's better to think of it in terms of kind of a positive excitement, uh, anticipatory way of thinking about it. So like thinking that thought of like, oh, am I going to make new friends instead of being like, oh, what if I don't? Thinking, you know, who are the new people I'm going to get the opportunity to meet? What exciting things will being alone allow me to do? What opportunities or experiences will I get to have that I can't even fathom yet? Like, imagine all the people I'm going to meet who are going to have a huge impact on my life. And I don't even know their names yet. Like, I have no idea who these people are. And that's like the thing. You can have fear, but that kind of that thought of who these people are is really exciting instead. And it activates the same areas of your brain. So it kind of tricks your brain into, yes, having that fear response that it wants to have, but your perception of it is so much different. And I know that like positive mind frame philosophy is kind of bullshit for some people, has some doubts surrounding it. Um, You know, like if you just change your thoughts, you can change how you perceive the world. Like obviously if a parent has just died um may like I don't really see many positives from that so this is kind of exclusively for things you kind of voluntarily get to choose but it is a pretty powerful tactic for changing fear into excitement and it works here's a quote I saw the other day and yes it was on Instagram but it really did something for me Here it is. So once we understand that crossing the river of change is the biological, neurological, chemical and even genetic death of the old self, we have power over change and we can set our sights on the other side of the river. Changing our lives and diving into life changes shifts something really inherent to who we are in the moment by changing our surroundings and our environment and everything that we come into contact to contact with so it's kind of like the death of our old selves and sometimes there is that period between your past life and your new life that can be incredibly uncomfortable that liminality that we were talking about and often life transitions involve losses like death the loss of a job or a relationship ending and even positive transitions like a graduation or a job offer can make you feel a little bit sad and you know sad because the person we were before and our old selves our old lives they aren't bad and they're incredibly comfortable because we have adjusted to the change that we made beforehand to be that person but difficult and painful transitions they can actually yield great understanding of our life's purpose which increases happiness and decreases stress so it's 
kind of better in the long run, like eating a really gross vegetable. So there's heaps of research on this um, and research on how people derive a sense of purpose. And what it's found is that while periods of pain and struggle and change and transitions can make us temporarily unhappy or lonely or worried, they also make us feel as if our lives have more meaning in the long run. So going through that challenging time of moving cities or right after you've graduated or there's just so many, you know, so many kind of ways that our life changes. But whilst it may be hard in the moment, it actually is a really good exercise to our, for our minds and an exercise for our, like our souls as well to kind of put things into perspective and realize what we really want from life. And the most resilient people will see change as an opportunity rather than kind of a monster to fear because they allow you to consider where your priorities lie, you know, which friends you stay in touch with, what you want from your new life, what you want from your new job, who is this new version of you going to be and what's really important to you. Like, where do you see yourself wasting your time and energy and what that kind of brings is a clear sense of your goals and values and you find that your body and your mind can be much more resilient when it comes to the stresses of change because all of it is put into kind of a larger scale and I think above all prioritizing your health in life transitions kind of means not being afraid to ask for help when you need it especially if you're making a change whereby You're just naturally going to be disconnected from people you may have previously had a lot of contact with. It can be really, really lonely. And humans, like I hear this said all the time, I can't believe I'm going to say it on my podcast, but it's so true. Humans are social creatures by nature. So you weren't built to withstand every sudden event in life without the support of others. You're not meant to just like Try and force yourself to be lonely because you think it's going to create independence. It's important to kind of reach out. And I think something that we need to remind ourselves and that we kind of know is that it's all worth it in the end. We know that. Otherwise, we wouldn't make the leap. There's something that is pushing you. We would always kind of stay the same until the world forces us to change. It's kind of like what I was talking about. There's people who have that great openness to experience you know I have so many friends who have just like completely changed their lives around so many times and it's not a big deal for them they travel whenever they want they change jobs whenever they want um but for others it's not that simple but I think sometimes staying the same is even more stressful and time consuming and takes more concentration and effort um because things aren't always in our control like losing a job or getting dumped or surviving an accident The world will push us if we don't do it for ourselves. So you may as well just take the leap when you have the chance to be in control. Like, I think COVID was a really good example of this. So many people who I think were like working jobs they didn't like or in cities where they didn't feel connected to their family or trying out this new identities or, you know, pursuing careers or degrees they didn't like. When you go through something like COVID, it kind of forces you to change it forces you to kind of put things into perspective and make a decision and that's kind of what life does like you cannot just stay the same like it's the world won't let you um but here's the good news I think even difficult unwanted transitions are usually seen differently in retrospect than in real time 
And there's a psychologist called Fila who studies liminality and life changes and transitions quite extensively, actually. He has a lot of really interesting papers if you're into that. But he found that 90% of the time, the people he spoke with about their life changes, they ultimately judged their transition to have been a success insofar that the transition ended and they found themselves once again on solid ground. Even better, research also tends to show that we see past events, even unwanted ones, as net positives over time, like getting fired from a job. Even though in the moment you might be stressing about financial security and you know, missing your work buddies, it's often judged as a net positive over time. And though our brains kind of have a tendency to focus on negative emotions in the present, like we were talking about, that automatic kind of process, over the years, unpleasant feelings fade more than pleasant feelings do. And it's a a phenomenon known as, I think, fading effect bias. Yeah, fading effect bias. And it sounds like a cognitive error, but it isn't. It's not like our brain trying to like trick us. Almost every transition, even the most challenging ones, does bear some positive fruit. It just may take some time to see it and feel its effects because in the moment our brain is so worried about that uncertainty element and about what might go wrong and and why we need to have that fear. But in hindsight, when you're no longer in that situation where your body is in like flight or fight kind of mode, you're kind of able to appreciate it for what it is. Um, And in his book, Meanings of Life, the psychologist Roy Boomester, Boomester, can't remember his name. It's called The Meanings of Life. I'm sure that's definitely not a very generic book title. But this psychologist, he argues that a sense of meaning gained through change makes the rest of life seem more stable. And this is one of the great consolations of like aging and seeing a lot of change is that transitions likely don't cause as much distress and you might actually be happier because if you've gone through so many periods of ups and downs and roller coasters and transitions, you probably have a pretty stable sense of identity throughout that all and some pretty good priorities about what you want from your life. And the one final thing about big life changes, I feel like this whole episode has just been me trying to convince myself that moving cities isn't going to be terrible. But another thing is um, difficult periods can really stimulate innovation and ingenuity. A large amount of literature talks about post-traumatic growth in which people derive long-term benefits from painful experiences including more appreciation for life like we've talked about as well as richer relationships greater resilience and deeper spirituality and I think the richer relationships is is a big one because when people move or when something changes in your life if you decide to do something completely different you kind of realize who's really there for you in a way and who It's not just convenient to be around, but who you actually kind of like and really get along with. And another manifestation of this growth is heightened creativity. This is one of the big reasons why I'm really excited for the next few years of my life, because I think struggle and change really pushes the kind of limits of how your brain sees the world. And I've seen this already, like breakups are probably the best example of a big kind of shift in your life kind of cosmic, chaotic, violent shift. And change like that brings so many emotions to deal with and process. And that can really fuel our creative process because to move past difficult times 
you really have to embrace them and work through them and work through the sludge and the mud of all the terrible shit that's kind of clogged up in your brain and you have to feel every moment and creating something from that is such a good outlet and I think if you have a mind like that that's often where it's going to go in times of change and transition and stress. What a ramble that has kind of been. Like I said, I feel like this episode is just me trying to convince myself that this is a good idea. (laughs) I don't know, maybe I should do like a follow-up episode in a year's time. And I like, if you guys have seen those like Billie Eilish videos where they like record her every year asking her the same questions. It'd be interesting to listen back to this episode in a year's time after I've made the move and see if my predictions about adjustment and cognitive dissonance and new priorities and creativity are right or whether I'm just like full of crap or the literature is just like full of crap um but yeah thank you so much for listening also you guys have been really hyping the podcast up recently thanks so much for that I really appreciate it and like I always say if you want to support us or I don't know why I say us it's just me but if you want to support me and the podcast more um a really great way to do that is to leave a review on apple Podcasts if you have an iphone um kind of allows more people to find this content and to hear my voice it's kind of weird to say that but if you do feel called to leave a review i really appreciate it It really does help us grow once again it helps me grow um and brings kind of more listeners to this space in the world space in the metaverse If you're going through a big life transition as well, as I'm sure many of you are, I know um, it's the end of the year, so graduations just happen, everyone's moving, Um, I can feel it all around, then hopefully this kind of brought some insights into what you might be experiencing and why it's maybe normal or what to expect and why at the end of the day it's really just kind of worth it. So thanks for tuning in and listening wherever you're listening. Hope you're having an amazing afternoon, morning, evening, just an amazing day. And thanks for listening to the very end. You're my very special listener and uh, you'll be hearing from me very soon. That's a bit weird. But anyhow, thanks guys and have a lovely, lovely day. Ugh, our 20s. The drunk dialing, the forgetting to wash our face at night, and yes, neglecting our teeth. Don't do that last one. You only get one set of teeth, so you need to protect them. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface and locks in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. Pronamel also makes a new mouthwash, which helps to repair acid-weakened enamel beyond brushing alone. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy your toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit pronamel.com today. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.